I'm Sade. And I'm Christian. And this is episode 69 nice. of Shit <laughs> Sopra. Uh, we have to do it. We have to do it. It's, it's, 16, it's the 69th episode, but not it's, technically. It's, it's the 70th episode, actually. It's technically. <laughs> it's actually, like, well, actually, it's, it's the 70th episode because we're huge nerds and we started the episode with, epi- like, the episode numbering with z- zero. So we... Apparently we're trying to be some sort of some sort of program. Like okay, let's let's just pretend it was like a programming joke of some sort, you know? Like let's just pretend that was a thing. Well well every every show that starts, right? Episode zero is always their pilot. Because right, the first episode is the first one that airs. It just happened that our episode zero did air. So that's that's why that's why it counts. But like in, in the in the timeline, right, in your head canon for Shades of Brown, we could just consider zero like, you know, it's a prequel. Prequel. Yeah, prequel Shades of Brown. Also, probably don't go don't listen to it because it's probably really bad. Oh well, please, please don't. Oh, I, it's there in the archives if you want to listen to it. But I, I mean, it's there. Like even if even I don't even think the content was that bad, but the mixing was uh, bad. I mean, we used Hangouts recording. Yeah, yeah, it was. It's it's not great. Yeah, I mean, it's it's more it's a more crunchy MP3. You know, I think those ones are still 320k bit crunchy. Yeah, definitely crunch. Uh, speaking, uh, speaking of crunch. About crunch yeah. <laughs> God damn it! The segue was too good. The segue was, was too, too good. good. Uh, we're starting off with Android stuff. Uh, big Android news week, uh, actually. Uh, starting off, Android 9 The is going to be called Android 9 Pie. Uh, no fancy dessert, it's just pie. Uh, yeah, it's, it's Android 9 Pie. So let's, let's talk about, like, so it's shipping with, uh, right now it's on the Pixel devices, right? And the only non-Google device to get it at this point is the Essential Phone, the PH1, right? Is, is that, that's what it's called. Uh, so that's 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 cool. So if you have, if you're like the 10 people who have the Essential Phone, uh, congrats, I guess. You have you have Android 9 before anybody else, anybody else who doesn't have a Pix. Uh, so let's start with features. Uh, and Google has a nice page with with all all the features all the features at the bottom and they start off with i guess in alphabetical order so accessibility is first uh and there's a new accessibility menu so like uh you can take common actions like screenshots and like navigating with one hand are like not now easier for motoring it's like the um what's it called you know in ios it's you remember when like everyone used to be worried about their home button? Oh breaking, yes, so I they remember would that. Enable yeah, that one yeah. screen, but that screen also had other accessibility controls. It's similar to that kind of screen. Oh, okay, okay. So uh, it's like it's like a magic button you just f- throw around the screen. I think you can have it pop up on the side, but um, it's like it's that same similar concept. It's just like a button that when you tap, it gets you to more actions that are that are accessibility related. I still see people using that ex- that accessibility feature in iOS, even for phones that don't have that home button. De- like degrading problem uh like it's just like, a habit yeah now. the new ones right yeah where it's like it's not the real button it's just the vibration yeah, motor, yeah. and it's like you're not ever break that if you break that your whole tactic engines broken. yeah broken. that's different yeah so i still see people using it i guess at this point a lot of people are just like uh it might actually be easier for them like it's just a matter of habit uh which is which is brings up a point about how accessibility features are not always like used by like it's used by people who, who don't actually need it uh, for the accessibility reason, but just because they want to do something differently. Uh, 
So there's also select to speak OCR, which is OCR in camera view. So you can like have your camera like uh, select text on the screen and then the content will be uh, read aloud. So in Android 9, they added OCR support for S2S. What, what does S2S mean? That's that's a good question. I don't know what S two S stands for. Actually. Screen to screen. I'm, we can Google it, but I, I feel like at screen. So what, the funny thing about um, OCR and the camera view is, I I feel like this is actually being used maybe for screenshots now. Because Google now is that the ability. Remember, you hold down the assistant button. I think they changed it, but it used to be right Google Google now on tap. I think where you hold down the assistant button and it would read the screen. I feel like now you could like read screenshots of this if you if implemented the way I think it did. I didn't get to play around with that this. That would be pretty cool, actually. That's that's, that's a pretty cool feature. So wait, let's see. According to Wikipedia, S two S might mean server to server, site to site VPN. S2S PTE LTD, a Japanese record label, Sky to Ski Sky Ski to Sky Race, so, uh, a race in what what calm? What it's actually spelled W H I A T C O M. What calm County, Washington, the only part of Washington that's extremely online. And then sister to sister, a Maltese Australian singer group. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of them before. Yeah, this, see, this is the problem with these acronyms. Uh, Google, uh, like, this is like, I guess, a writing tip. Like, if we have an acronym, the first time I, you probably should put the whole thing in brackets, right? Uh, so, especially yeah. when it's a, in the accessibility part of it. You yeah, think that they might want to make the acronyms yeah. accessible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's not a, it's not great. Uh, so that's the OCR. Modification. I don't know what S two. If anybody knows what S two S stands for in this in this specific context, we're going to link to this specific page so you can just scroll down to the bottom and see if you know what that means. Let us know. Uh, the third feature uh, they mentioned is sound amplifiers. So this makes it uh, this is a new feature, making it uh, easy to understand conversations by dynamically adjusting uh, over 100 settings to boost audio in scenarios, just a loud restaurant, bar, or concert. So like. Uh, you just like have your phone act as a microphone, right? And you'd have like some sort of uh in like in your like head like headphone or like you wearing something that assists like you transmit that audio too, and that audio is being like amplified by like the phone captures it and then like sends it to like amplified to your assistive hearing device, right? It's like uh, with the with AirPods now on iOS 12, yes, right? Yeah, yeah. Where you can use that sort of like a hearing aid almost by placing your phone in one place and then having that yeah. sound sent to the AirPods. That's, that's actually a pretty pretty cool feature uh, from accessibility's point of view. Uh, moving on to the second line item, uh, battery. Uh, I don't think there's much new here, right? Like battery saver, adaptive battery, adaptive brightness, and background restrictions. So those all have existed beforehand. Um, battery saver has been a thing for a while now. It's just that battery saver has been changed and this to no longer make everything orange, which is nice because it, for some reason, it turned everything orange. And I don't even like, I don't even think it's like a battery life extending thing. It just lets you know because you've, these are AMOLED phones. Oh. Orange is not going to save power. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. Orange doesn't save power. Yeah, right? and that's. If you wanted to save power, you would like make it all black, right? Like a pure black. So, like on AMOLED screens, that would actually save power, right? Uh, adaptive brightness is also existed, right? It has existed for a long time. Uh, like it 
your phone adjusts brightness depending on what environment you're in. So if you're in like uh, like a low light environment, it'll turn on the brightness. Or if you're if you're like in the outside in the sun, uh, it'll bump up the brightness, etc. Even with like adaptive battery too, right? Like yeah. that's been a thing that exists not in, not in this fancy you know newfound machine learning way, but in uh, like kernels have schedulers, and those schedulers uh, when when uh, I think at least on like say like Linux laptops, right? It'll make decisions that like, hey, we're not going to ramp up your CPU because we can tell you're on a battery, and so like it's. This is not this is not a new concept. This has existed. It's existed for a while. And I I I don't like how Google's now making it seem like with machine learning your battery lasts a lot longer when it's just probably like A, probably a new fancy scheduler, and B, maybe some machine learning stuff. But I I it, it see, I think we we complained about this when like Android Pie was announced, right? Where it's just like I don't know how any of this works. This is too much of a black box for me to say it's like a good feature or not, because I can't tell why, how is Google judging what, um, how to like kill processes and how to yeah, extend battery life. Also like, how are you going to measure the effectiveness of it? That's also a thing that how do you measure an effectiveness of something as nebulous as quote unquote machine learning in this, in this scenario? Like there's no like test. I don't know. I don't know if Google's going to provide some sort of test suit or not. They're not, uh, like how are you gonna actually compare? Like if you have like uh, essential, like let's let's use like the essential phone as an example. Like if you have an uh, essential phone on Android eight, and then you have an essential phone running Android nine, how do you reliably like measure like these features actually saving you battery life? Right? Like how how what sort of tests would you have to run that you'd guarantee some sort of you know result that's actually usable? So yeah, like it's it's marketing. Like at this point, it's just marketing. There's no there's no proof. Uh, I'm sure Google's internal testing probably show improvements, uh, but they're never going to release those, obviously. Because so. Google needs to test this on a uh, three year old Samsung device running Samsung Experience like six, right? Like. I feel like these are the test case devices you need. You need that with uh, the Facebook app, WhatsApp, Instagram, Snapchat, and Facebook Messenger installed, all actively pulling data, and then run your tests on them. Because and on, put it on LTE or like put it on mobile data, uh, put it on like three G or something, and, and then see uh, what's happening. Uh, because that's that's probably going to be a more realistic scenario from a day to day basis. Uh, moving on to cameras. Uh, we talked about all of these, I think, before. Multi-camera support. Uh, so this is just like making making it so that you, if you have if your device is coming out with multiple cameras, it's actually, it's just a stock implementation of yeah, it, right? Uh, Same thing with the external camera support. Like you've always been able to do like as like a USB device, but now there's probably official APIs on the OEM side for it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so digital well-being, we're going to skip because it's not out yet. Nope, it's it's not out yet. We'll probably talk about it whenever it comes out. Whenever uh, that is. Display Just, features is oh, we talked about support. The, we talked about the notch thing last week, right? We talked about the uh the four notch you can only have two notches. Remember two notches on your Android phone. And I do want to um since we're going over the display part, I want to now talk about the uh the new gesture UI for Android. Because so it, it has a similar gesture UI to iOS, where if the iPhone 10, where you just swipe up from the bottom and it gets you to your multitasking view, you swipe all the way up more and it brings you to your app screen, which Makes sense. I actually think, in theory, that's a great way to implement gestures. That's also how um, Windows 8, I believe, did. You could just swipe all the way up 
no, no. It was swiping all the way to the left, brought you back to the start screen. I don't, it was some mess of that. I don't remember how Windows 10 or Windows 8 did it off the top of my head, but Windows 8 also had a really great gesture system. And with Android, it's also in theory great, but the finger tracking and the smoothest of the animations, it's kind of choppy. Like, it's not a smooth 60. It's not bouncy. It's not playful. It just kind of like goes to it and then stops, which is not really how you want to do those kinds of animations. Because I think in what animations, when you tap a button, should be pretty straightforward. I don't think they should be extremely full of motion. But when you're moving your finger along and it's that the app itself or the card or whatever, or whatever element is being tracked along your finger, the, it changes because your mental model is that it should bounce, it should wiggle a little bit. There should be some room. It shouldn't be so rigid in terms of how it's animating out. And that's not there yet with this new UI. Um, I, I think Google probably might work on it, but considering this is a stock implementation of all of these phones with, jet, with like uh, notches and and like no physical buttons are going towards right it doesn't make sense to me and then also too it still keeps the same width navigation bar at the bottom with a back button which is just kind of ugly it just sits there like i think the goal is to get rid of the back button but google could do the same gesture right where you swipe right on it or something to be a back thing at hmm. some point yes but but for ba- backwards compatibility reasons, I think it's probably like still there, right? They can't just remove it. For there are probably reasons why they can't just you know just 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 remove it uh, at this point. But yeah, they have to keep that in, which which makes it just a little bit awkward, you know? Like it's like wait, I've, I have gestures, but I have also like the on-screen buttons, right? It's like. Mm. Yeah, that's they also I mean the support for S to S screens, which I mean it's not it's not surprising. That's that was mentioned earlier this year. Uh like devices with eighteen by nine and taller aspect ratios, and obviously devices with display cutouts, aka notches. Uh enterprise features I uh, like, do we care? No, do I don't care? care. I don't I don't care. So let's okay. go to media. <laughs> you can so you can now add multiple Bluetooth connections at once if Android nine, which is Ooh, that's that's cool. That's good. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, apparently, there's also support for sound delay reporting, which is oh okay. So this is a thing where uh, if you use Bluetooth, your audio and you like if you're watching a video and you using uh, Bluetooth headphones, uh, there can be a delay between the this can be like a like the audio and the video can desync right because what happens is like the audio is transmitted and it it gets like some sort of lag and then the video is still playing on the phone so it's there's like this desync and like the devices like the software is supposed to like account for that uh thing but it, it doesn't always so this is like you know there are headsets which are like report the sound delay so that like like your device now can like stay in sync with the video right so that's that's the thing if you use bluetooth headphones a lot this is just a good feature if you watch videos with them it's uh it's good uh volume memory per bluetooth device so now if you have like a bluetooth speaker at home and then you also have like a bluetooth headphone and you have like different uh audio levels right for like so you're not like suddenly like you know 
playing music really loudly through your headphones because you started playing them really loudly through your Bluetooth speakers. Uh, so that's that's cool. Uh, HDR for audio, right? This is for audio? No, this no, is no, uh, HDR for audio. You and can that hear would be- all the colors. No, this is so... <laughs> so I, I'm complaining about this because... Um, okay, yes, sure, it's VP9. Technically... That's an open standard, blah, 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 blah. It's VP9. Everyone should use it, except Apple doesn't. So this doesn't really help us. And it makes YouTube like continually worse since Google is only letting, Google's only encoding 4K, HDR, all that stuff for YouTube videos in VP9. So if Apple, Apple has HDR with the iPhone 10 and there's like, I think my, I think Windows now supports, I think Edge does, but still like I, I don't know who to side with on this battle because I a don't know nor really care that much about video standards. But the fact that um, Google keeps going towards more VP9 and so does the web and so does certain web apps that like to use WebM. Um, it's like that ke- continually is making the web worse. And mm, I, I feel like someone this fragmentation this fragmentation again with the, the, these video standards, uh, like the video encoding. Like what this is like. Uh, these are like encoding, right? These are like yeah, VP nine. Like, it's like an encoder, right? It's like a H.264, yeah. right? And then the Apple's H.264 is the the like old the one, and then Apple now is using H.265. and then Hive and Hike. Hive is for Hyphen, photos, right? Yeah, Hive and uh, Hive, whatever high efficiency. Uh, HEVC. 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 Hempsey? Oh, God, these are unwieldy. All of these acronyms are terrible. Um, But (laughs) the point being is that there's fragmentation now between image and video formats. And while on locally on device, it doesn't bother me as much. And I I can understand as to why. When it comes to like web video and and viewing videos on the web and building web apps, um, assuming that everyone has web app support is true because you just cut off everyone who's using Safari on iOS, which is every iOS user, right? And on Mac OS, I mean, sure, you could kind of assume people are using Chrome, but at the same time, it's like, what about the people who use Safari? Like, do I do I have to support this video codec to be like a part of the quote unquote open web? And because Google's one's controlling it, it makes me like more in favor of Apple here when normally I wouldn't care as much. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, um, yeah, this, this is how, this is just Google being Google and pushing the standard that they want to support, right? Uh, so yeah, that's that's it. that's HDR. Like Android nine is adding high dynamic range VP nine profile too, which means that you can watch HDR stuff on YouTube and Google Play movies. Uh, for the I guess there's there are those. Uh, I don't know how much of that is like how many YouTubers upload videos with HDR. MKBHD, uh, probably. Probably, but like, yeah, it's probably a minority at this point. Uh, HD audio, there's no details on this. Uh, I don't know what that means in this context. Uh, improved performance support for HD audio. I, my uh, guess that, would be that Google A, once again, is likely working on the um, audio subsystem on Android because as as it's notorious for just being kind of shitty and extremely late, like have a whole bunch of latency, right? So I imagine that a lot of these changes are just another rework of that system. So my guess would be HD audio until the Ars Technica review comes out, which we will, you know, talk about when, when Ron drops that. My, my guess for now is that HD audio is likely some changes they've made to prevent, um, degradation of audio going to devices right because it could also it could be um i know for bluetooth right there's aptx 
which is a uh, which is a codec that's specifically made for sending high quality audio over Bluetooth. It's like how Apple does it with the W2 chip. It's not the, what makes the W2 chip great. Is it just the hardware itself? It's the hardware, right? But iOS and software, it has multiple Bluetooth connections. It has sound delay reporting. It has a volume memory per Bluetooth device. And it has some form of this HD audio by using a special codec to send audio to those W2 devices to make it sound better. So the last bullet point here is actually Heath. Uh, Android 9 now supports Heath photos on the Android platform. Uh, I I don't know what support means here. I, it doesn't mean that it can read Heath photos or it can it also write Heath photos. That's that's I, I'm I'm, pro- I'm guessing it's probably just read. I mean, it is, it's an open source standard, so I would hope read and write supported. But at the at the very least, I don't think Google is going. Firstly. Google is probably using some custom image format for Google Photos, which saves them space on the server side. And pro- and and secondly, I don't think it really matters if um if if like Android devices can write to Hafe Hafe, however you pronounce it, right? Because it's it's only for interoperability with iOS devices that this exists. Yeah, that's. I'm just curious, like what to what degree they implemented the support? Like, is it just a reader or also a writer? Uh, like, can you save as Hafe or like is this like a built in? Codec or not codec, but like decoder and encoder. Uh, so that's 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 media uh, notifications. Uh, Android notification just continues to get better. Like it's, uh, I don't think there's much to say here. Like the notification enhancements for messaging, you can have smart replies, right? Uh, also, you can like manage notifications like quicker. Like you can turn them off notifications, like. Uh, like you can get like these smart prompts. Like if you're if you continuously swipe away notifications from a certain app, it'll like ask if you want to turn off notifications from them, right? Uh, stuff like that. Uh, privacy and the security. There should be like an LOL right next to it. Uh, I mean, <laughs> let's let's talk about what, what they actually mentioned there. So the first one is Android backups. Uh, Android nine enables encryption of Android backups with the client-side secret. I didn't realize this that wasn't already a thing. I thought you could way. do this, but apparently you couldn't. Not? Is this, apparently I, not. I, I thought you could make backups of your phone, but now that I'm realizing it, I'm like, wait a minute. No, you can't because Android doesn't have like a system restore feature. So I guess this is really for like backups to Google Cloud or Google Drive or whatever it's called. Because I know you can do that now. You can now backup your phone to Google Drive. Uh... Android biometric prompt. Uh, there's a new standardized biometric uh, authentication prompt, right? So it looks more consistent with the authentication experience across there. So it's just like, I guess, some sort of... So no, how this works is it's uh, instead of calling an API for fingerprint access, right? Or calling one for face like facial data access, if you're trying to be like one password, you have one API, you just call for the biometric access, and then the system has a system level UI flow and all of that, and then it'll just pass you the value saying if it passed or not, so you can go ahead and decrypt the data and show it to the user, right? Right. Uh, Android protected confirmation. So on compatible hardware apps can now use UI controlled by the secure hardware to get your confirmation for a sensitive transaction such as making a payment. So this is essentially like some, some form of like, like the equivalent would be the secure enclave, right? Uh, so this, I, I don't know what this entails. Like this is all, this is obviously going to be device specific, right? Because it's going to require, uh, like a, hardware component right on the device so uh so we'll see when this like probably like expensive samsung phones are gonna have it uh who knows 
uh, strong box, uh, compatible hardware again. Uh, apps can take care of uh, advantage of tamper-resistant hardware to protect their private keys. Uh, so again, this is Google setting up the resource, like the APIs needed for something like the secure enclave on Android, right? Uh, well, I think a lot of these features going back is just these are things that OEMs are already doing great. You'd have OEMs who are making like uh, they make Android devices are entirely locked down, and Google's just adding standard ways for, for this to be done on the OS level. So it's so when an OEM tries to do it, it's not that build of Android isn't as broken because not, everything's not custom, right? Yeah, yeah, it's not as difficult. Like they can just have like the like the secure hardware chip in there, and they can use Android for it out of the box, right? Uh, Privacy enhancements. Um, this is kind of a vague thing. Uh, Android will restrict uh, access to phone, microphone, camera, other sensors when an app is idle or running in the background. Uh, if an app here's here's a problem with this, right? Why wasn't Android doing this already? So this this basically means that if I gave say I'm going to use the example, even though disclaimer, Facebook, nor Snapchat, nor Instagram, nor Twitter is li- is listening to you in the background. They don't actually do that. It's a weird process of math and uh, other tracking ways that they find out that you were talking about bacon. But the fact that you could do it in theory to any version of Android before nine is spooky mm. as hell. Spooky. Like Very I know spooky. iOS, right? You can only get microphone access in the background if you're doing a call. And yet it shows the bar at the top saying you're having the call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah, it's, it has a red bar on the top. Yeah, a red, like a bright red bar. You won't, you won't be, you won't be missing that one. Uh, if your phone is is using the microphone while the app is in the background, you'll know uh, on iOS. Uh, and it's yeah. So this is what this this is adding. Uh, like if an app does need to access the sensor, it will show a persistent notification on your phone. Uh, also brings improvements that protect all web communications and offer private web survey. I don't know what that actually means, uh, so I'm just going to ignore that because that's extremely vague. I would say that's probably the uh, not secure thing in Chrome. Uh, that's my guess. Talk about it on Pentagon, right? Yeah, uh, I already yelled I, about I, that. It's still. It's, I mean, you mean Jake yelled about it? That was that was. It's great. still fun when you know when we get a uh, when we get what's it called an email at work saying, "Oh, if our internet is not secure in Chrome, ignore it." Oh, oof, that's mm, <laughs> the UX. The UX. The UX. Uh, uh, system usability enhancement. There's a lot, bunch of stuff here. Uh, I don't think uh, anything here is worth mentioning. Slices is not there yet. Right? Yeah. Slices is, yeah. Uh, screenshots, volume controls. I'm going to just not mention them. Well, because actually, be actually, I, I, I have thoughts about these ones. So, uh, the new always-on display stuff, nice. Um, showing weather on that is actually, I think, good. Redesign quick settings. As much as Google touches them... Th- I- so, Apple touches the notification center and just fucks it up. Apple changes <laughs> control center and just fucks it up. I still don't like how iOS 11 and 12 now, the notification center is the lock screen. That doesn't make sense to me. It never has made that, sense to me. It still yeah, doesn't. It is, I, I still get tripped up by it. Uh, okay, and it's also buggy. Yeah, exactly. Still. So when Google does it, they change it like all the time. But I feel like on Android, they change their changes for the better, right? Like, it's... And also the fact that now it's like sort of white and pleasant uses that nice font is nice now. Um, the new volume controls, they 
made it a lot less unwieldy. Uh, the screenshot setting, I think that's great. Rotation is cool too. So you rotate your app in Chrome, you hit the rotation button, which shows up where the, uh, the little bar or like pill thing, whatever it looks like, you know, just get up to the gesture controls. You tap that and only that app is now locked to rotation, which is cool. Um, App actions. I don't live with Android enough to save it to useful or not because all I have to use to refer to it is proactive controls on iOS. And that's only been useful when I get home and unplay music because it always knows that I listen to music when I get home or like on the way home from work. But outside of that, although there is now a magnifying glass when you highlight text and stock Android, holy shit, how, why did it take so long? Oh like, my God. That's, oh it's my beautiful. God. It's beautiful <laughs> that's all i need in my life and then of course you can like long press on like an address and it'll tell you where to go from there but the fucking magnification glass is what i need in my life i think right i'm pretty sure if i remember correctly this is like this oh my god it i'm sorry i i really that is like one of the best features from ios because you know you're looking at a phone it's like five inches big and you're trying to highlight some small ass text on someone who doesn't have a responsive website and it's literally the worst yeah response not yep yep websites are the big big problem like some website that's not designed for mobile and you're trying to like find a little bit of text and select it it's yeah it's bad uh that's let's move on yeah, this is right? this half an hour on android oh that's we still have we have so much more yeah yeah all right let's let's move on uh first up we have uh Samsung had a bunch of announcements, right? Uh, yeah, it's Galaxy, Galaxy unpacked Galaxy. their big box, <sighs> their their big you know keynote where a butler dresses a dog comes on stage, and that butler's named Bixby. Is that what actually happened? No, but the running joke is that Bixby is a dog with shoes. That's a butler. Oh. It's 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 a meme on Twitter and like The Verge and some other. You don't hang out around these in those places anymore. No, but but no. to me, Bixby is a dog. I don't know why, but like I mean, ever since people like on The Verge name. like pointed that out, it's been stuck with me. But so what actually happened is that Samsung announced the Note Nine. We all knew it was coming, but what I didn't expect from it, right? So okay, so I guess specs. It has a big screen. It has the same build as the Note. It has the latest, or the new, the Note Eight rather. It has the latest Snapdragon processor. Outside of the U.S., once again, it's using an Exynos chip. It has an S Pen. It has all of that. But what I I feel like the Note Nine has is it is probably the most refined Note Samsung has put out yet. I think mm-hmm. they got the dimensions of the screen right. It looks nice, and yeah. I feel like the S Pen has like. Because now it's Bluetooth powered, it has a charger where you put it inside of the uh, of the slot, and you can um, obviously with you get uh, improved precision with the Bluetooth being in it. But there's now a button which you can program to do anything. Like it doesn't, it's programmable. You don't have to. So by default, it'll take a picture, but you can like open an app with it, do an action with it. You can change whatever you want with that button, which I think is really cool that they didn't lock it to you know the camera and Bixby like they did with the Bixby button. And I just feel like. The fact they didn't add any new software features that, like, they just refined it and threw a huge battery in there. Like, all of these things, outside of Dex, which we'll talk about in a minute, it makes me kind of want this phone. Because it's just like, you want a big-ass phone. You want a stylus. We're going to make that super, light, compact, really great. And we're going to, like, put software on it that isn't shitty. And once again, it's Samsung is Samsung, but I feel like Samsung's Samsung's noted it down a lot. 
I'm sorry, that was a terrible pun. But mm, that was bad. <laughs> noted and tuned aren't like synonyms. That didn't work. It worked better in my head. But right, <laughs> Samsung has put enough work to make the software good. Like, it, and it's still a Samsung phone. So who knows? In four months from now, notes might be shitting out. But I want to believe this time that this phone's not shit. And for all um, I can tell, it looks good. Like, I can't looks- complain about anything on this phone. <laughs> No, no, it it looks it looks the uh, deciding factor as always with Samsung for me is the software. Uh, yeah, there's it's always going to be the software. Like it's it's like Samsung has I think nailed the hardware at this point, right? Like they they, they figured that out. I think uh, the software is still going to be like if you like it, you like it. If you don't like it, you really don't like it. Uh, it's kind of like that. Also, like the whole rounded icon thing that they're doing is stock android does that now by default too if you have a pixel pixels also have that same rounded icon because uh two releases ago android added like an adaptive icon thing right where if you're uploading an app you have to upload like three different versions of the icon i think the system rounds it by default i can't remember exactly but what how that works is uh depending on the launcher and in theory the launcher settings you can have square icons circles or circles yeah uh, there's also a 512 gig model, which is beautiful, which is ridiculous, by the way. Uh, you can never like, not have enough storage. That's 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 a lot of storage. That's like if you live on your phone type of storage, right? Like, like if you take video, if you take like if you just use your phone as your only computer, I think that would actually make a lot of sense. And that's what the notes made for, right? Like, like the note the note line is always made for people who live on their phones and like this is their only computer and compared this to like you know okay so the phone's a thousand dollars let's get this out of the way it's very expensive it is very expensive but a thousand dollar phone especially if this deck stuff and we so we'll also have a link in the show notes we're not going to talk about if he's lol android tablets to samsung's decks uh on the tab s4 which released not too long ago and i think dex is getting to the point where okay are you going to make content on it no but let's compare. Let's compare the Samsung, the, the Note Nine, to my MacBook, like the the thousand three hundred dollar MacBook I have. Right, in terms of power, in terms of possibilities, of what you can do with it, and the compactness, I think the Note goes up ahead against it because you can you can write like Word documents and do like email and stuff, and plug it into a monitor and like have a window manager and do all that stuff if you need it, and. I make podcasts on this MacBook because I shouldn't because it, it does tear it apart. Like my 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 legs are always warm and toasty because of this laptop. I and for most people who buy these computers, who buy like thousand dollar laptops, I don't think no one buys an ultrabook to play games. You might buy one to do video editing, but it's we all it's not made for it. And I think for the sort of document creation, web browsing video consumption and communication and light productivity here and there right like you know you're, you're editing photos for instagram you might make a small video for like twitter or snapchat or throw a mask on or something like that i don't think the note 9 is bad for that i think this is like probably one of the first no, phones that service. could be like yeah. your only computer and when you need to do those computer things right like when you need to like reach in and you need a, like a full file browser and you need like some random app to convert media off of the play store like it's there for you and that's kind of dope yeah that's it, it, it is a lot of power and uh pricing wise that actually makes sense like if you get like the top end model that's that's expensive uh very expensive but 
it, it is a significant amount of hardware power uh, and flexibility. Samsung uh, with its DeX stuff, which is DeX for who do, people who do not know, who don't follow Samsung's stuff. Uh, DeX is uh, Samsung DeX is like a thing where you can plug in a Samsung device uh, into a monitor and it, it goes into this special mode, right? It's like this... Uh, so basically, you just you literally, with the Note 9 now, you just plug in a USB-C to HDMI cable, plug it into another monitor, and the Note's running two monitors, and the Note, it could be a trackpad and a keyboard. Or you can do a Bluetooth keyboard and mouse. You can do however you want. That's, you know... That's I'm looking. I'm looking at the screenshots from the uh, S4 review here that we are kind of like. Um, it has some screenshots of how what Dex looks like. So if you want to take a look, and that looks like a desktop OS. I mean, it looks it looks pretty damn usable to me. I mean, uh, the screenshots are not like the best way to judge, but these look like if you want to use the note as a productivity device. Uh, I mean, I, I don't see a reason you couldn't, right? Like, it's, it's there. Like, if you have a monitor that has an HDMI input, which is basically every monitor now. Uh, so, for example, so here's a, I'm on Samsung's website. I'll throw the show note or this link into the show notes. Um, here's a bunch of apps that are optimized for DeX. Word, PowerPoint, Excel, right? Remote Desktop, OneDrive, Outlook, Skype, all that. But then we get to Lightroom, Photoshop Express, Photoshop Sketch, Photoshop Mix, Behance, Infinite Painter, Infinite Design, Artflow, it's a sketchbook. So you can create things with this. And like, once again, it's not the best, but if you have an Ultrabook, that's also not the best experience, right? Like this isn't competing with desktop computers, it's competing with those thin and light laptops. And it, I feel like it can hold its own. It's, it's interesting, actually. I mean, I, like I used to laugh at Dex, but I think Dex is actually probably the most interesting thing Samsung has done in a long time. Uh, because it actually looks decent, and I, I, it feels like they actually... It doesn't look like total trash, like, which is amazing for Samsung software to me. Uh, like it, it looks actually usable and something that you could use on a day-to-day basis and not be frustrated with it. Uh, so I don't know if anybody, any of our listeners ever used Dex, but if you do, reach out. Well, I mean, I, I use know. Continuum, though. I can tell you what that's like. Can you remember I had the Lumia 950 for a week? I played around with Continuum. Was that good? Was that good? No, that's because Microsoft stopped caring. Like, the idea was great, right? That because it's UWP app, so it just loads the desktop UI, assuming it had one, right? But we've talked about this all the time. We've, there's so many episodes of the show where we've talked about, like, phones being your only computers. And while this is literally a $1,000 phone that's, that, has, that, that can do this, like, it's still, I feel like for 1000 when you frame it as a phone and a computer in theory that you could use as your only computer if you don't make video... Um, you know, like if you have a PS4, uh, an S9, and then like just an HDMI screen, you do it like the. Okay, okay, hold up, hold up. Uh, I just realized the the S4 we were laughing at it. It can use DeX without an external monitor, so you don't even need a monitor if you have a Tab S4. Uh, you just use the tablet in DeX mode, like that. Just like that's. Wow. Okay, so that that just makes like the Tab S4 like a full on replacement for a laptop right like just don't well, use I mean, it in tablet mode because android on tablets is objectively terrible wow I, but like if you use it as like a cheap computer it'd actually be pretty great and that's like my whole thing about this like this is the so here's my hot take the galaxy note 9 is better than a chromebook better than most cheap windows laptops in terms of 
you can use it as a basic computer, right? As like a phone, you'd be like a heavy phone user, use it then as like a desktop replacement kind of and have a great time. Whereas if you have a cheap Windows computer, sure, you may be able to install Audacity and GIMP and other programs on it, but they're going to run like trash. It's not going to be a good experience regardless. And I, I feel like the combo of a... If you could rather have right have like a, a good smartphone and a cheap laptop or a really great smartphone that costs more than like a good smartphone and the price of a cheap laptop sort of like combined right but can do all that well and good enough for what most people need I I feel like you know I would rather go with the Note 9 versus like you know a, a $300 laptop and some mid-range Android phone. Mm. This this is this is interesting the Tab S4 just became a lot more interesting to me right now because of that whole Dex thing, uh, but how I could use it without an external monitor, that makes it vastly more interesting because Android is on tablets is not great, but with Dex... Uh, well, think about it too, right? All of these all of these kids are using Electron these days, so if you have, like... I know it's React, React Native on, on phones usually when they make their phone versions, but in theory, you could get the desktop version of Discord and the mobile version in the same app on the Note 9 just depending on what you have it plugged into. Or Adam, right? You could, in theory, you could get this all working on it if you, if, um, I guess Microsoft at this point never put in the work for Adam. But th- at this point, like, I feel like this device is actually held back more by Google's own restrictions and ideas as to what Android should be rather than what Samsung wants to do with Android. That's true. You know, you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of Honeycomb. Do you remember what? On what Honeycomb was? Yeah, it was like it actually had a real tablet interface before Google stopped yeah. caring. I remember. Uh, shout out to people people who remember what uh, Honeycomb was, or, or if you're one of the few people who had a Honeycomb device, actually reach out like because I want I want to talk to you. If you had the Motorola uh, Zoom at me, yeah, holy shit, that's that's, that's a throwback. Uh, but yeah, like this is essentially Samsung just being like, oh well, Google doesn't care, but that doesn't mean. We can't, like, you know, put in the effort. And I think Samsung is actually putting in effort, which is impressive. Uh, so that's, I think, Samsung Note 9, the Tab S4 in one, one, one segment. Uh, do we want to talk about the Tizen watch, the Galaxy, new Galaxy watch? Uh, so I just want to say, um, we've laughed about Wear OS many times. Many times we've laughed at Wear OS. And I will continue to laugh at Wear OS because it's a joke. However, the Galaxy watch with Tizen, I I've been watching Samsung's watches because a I think the it was a Galaxy watching Samsung's watches. Nice. I, nice. I hate you. I hate you oh. so much. I didn't even intend for that would be a pun. <laughs> I love how my accidental puns are better than my real puns. But I've been looking at Samsung's watches for a while. I don't have an Android phone, so they're not useful to me. Even though some of them do work with iOS, like why would I ever do that to myself? But I've always thought you, you remember the one watch they had where you rotate the bezel on the device as like a navigation tool. Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like what Samsung's doing with watches is interesting here, especially because with watches, you don't, there's no big watch OS. No, there is not. It's like a, it's just like a thing that runs on the watch, but you don't really like, uh, it's like sort of in the background, right? It's like, it sort of like enhances it. Like, it's not like the main experience, right? Like, it's it, like, it does all the, I think it does all the fitness tracking stuff, right? It does all the uh, stuff that you expect uh, a smartwatch to do. But it also, Looks pretty good. The, the this this gear this this Galaxy watch. Uh, it looks like a fancy watch. It looks cool, actually. It looks nice. 
Uh, it also, according to Samsung, it's going to last several days on one charge, which is... Which is because, unlike An- uh, Wear OS, sorry, I was about to say Android Wear, Samsung's using their own custom processor for this. Please remember, Qualcomm has not updated the Android Wear... Fucking... I'm going to fucking call it Android Wear for the rest of this. I- I'm done trying to call yeah, it Wear I'm, OS. Yeah, I'm done with Google but, changing there. But Qualcomm <laughs> put out a watch SOC two years ago and has not updated it since. They're rumored to be launching a new one soonish, so Samsung has put their own hardware in here, and that's why it runs uh, as long as it does on a battery on battery life right also i think it's because it doesn't have as many uh like screen heavy things like it does have like a it does have display stuff right but it doesn't have like a lot like the apple watch is entirely display right it's like uh and its battery life is, is not the greatest either like it's like a, what like the series three will get you like what like a day uh maybe a day and a half Depending on how you use it, I right? get two days uh, out of out of the series three. Oh, oh, two days. Okay, uh, so I, I would imagine oh, you also have the thirty-eight millimeter one, right? So I should be, uh, I'd probably be getting shittier battery life than uh, than people who have the forty-two millimeter one. That's that's true. That's true. So I guess uh, like if you have the LTE model, uh, oh no, LTE is definitely just the day. I imagine that's shorter too. If or if any solar versions of this watch were to come, right? Yeah, there is going to be LTE versions uh, optionally, uh, but it has a three hundred milliamp power battery which is a very small battery by the way uh but yeah that's i mean that's pretty cool like if if you if you if you have a samsung device like and you you want you want you want to get into smart watches like i like i don't know, consider the galaxy watch, yeah, like, like, it depends it. right so with android it's always if you care about working out, right? If you like, if you have you going to the gym, like cardio is your jam, right? Like if that's something you really care about, it's always go with Fitbit. Fitbit's always been great at fitness tracking, but then their other stuff has been lacking and not great. And I would honestly say second best you, I would go with one of these Samsung watches because so they work best with Samsung phones. I think they'll work with other Android phones, but um, it's, it's the integration, right, of hardware and software, blah, 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 all of that stuff. Because Samsung makes the OS on this. As much as like it's like a Samsung product, sure, when there aren't two of everything, Samsung software isn't too terrible. And on watches, third-party software isn't that important. If, if there's a system player in Android, right, system controls for on the lock screen and stuff for media. So that means I can still control Spotify and stuff from my watch. I don't need a Spotify app to do that because of how these OSs are built, which is great. Right, 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 right. So it's abstracted. Uh, so yeah, that, I mean, it's, it's also not a bad looking watch. I mean, if you're into this, well, well, like, I don't know, I'm not really a watch person, uh, uh but it doesn't look too it bad. It looks more traditional rough. versus the Apple watch or the Apple watch yeah, just definitely. looks like this, uh, you know, sort of space object on your hand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's the galaxy watch, uh, galaxy watch, watch, uh, last galaxy thing. This is the thing we're definitely okay, laughing okay, at. So, so some of you some old old time shades of brown fans, I'd be thinking, "Wow, are they Samsung Knights now?" No, we're not because we have we are not defending <laughs> this one. We I could so Samsung, uh, so Apple, Google, Amazon—they're all making smart speakers. You know, you know, voice in a can boxes, and and Samsung's like, "Bro, we really gotta get on this." And I'm like, "I understand. I get you, Samsung, but the Galaxy Home is the most." What the fuck Samsung thing I've I've seen in years and that excites me but shocks me at the same time because so it is a speaker that supports Bixby and there's there's a couple of things wrong with that. Firstly, <laughs> I'm getting I'm setting the chapter art of this to be the uh picture picture of the device so we can both in unison go what the fuck does that look like? 
it, it, it looks, it looks like it looks like a grill. You put, engi- you put like some steaks on that, right? An engineer would design for with no sense of like subtlety. Like it's, it's just like the those three legs. Just it just looks. It just does like I like it. It contrasts with the devices. Like sort of roundish. It's it's like, the color legs. And- that's the problem. If this didn't have legs, it would look fine. I'm being serious, right? If it if it looks like it looked like a vase, it looked like a regular vase. Like sure, it's covered in fabric, but it makes sense in the place of a house. But it's the legs that make this thing look so fucking weird. Yeah, it's really really strange. It's just I I don't know. Was there a reason to have the legs? Was there like a technical I would bet there's a technical I imagine it's actually for to... the sound piece of right how yeah. the how the home pod is on the bottom? It actually indents upwards on the bottom oh. of it. It's okay. on a flat okay. surface on the bottom because how sounds projected at 360, right? So the, the speakers are all around it. And the HomePod bounces off of surfaces. It bounces off of the ground surface and uses that rim that sort of goes inwards to kind of elevate it. So there's a little bit of airspace for it to, for it to project sound and, and use it to amplify bass as well and lower frequencies, which is cool. Um, so I imagine Samsung's also using that space to send out some sort of sounds that will sound better if they bounce off the bottom of the surface rather than being sent out towards into the into the space around it like different frequencies it's still it's still it's still ugly though oh yeah no it's, it's just... definitely definitely ugly um, i mean hey it, it has built in spotify samsung now has a partnership with spotify yeah yeah so um there's also an akg logo on the top uh yeah so the sound processing is made by like you know harman kardon which is like uh, yeah, I thought they, didn't they buy Harman Kardon? Yes, they did. They, they did buy Harman Kardon. Uh, and AKG is a part of uh, Harman Kardon. Uh, so I guess it it's probably going to have decent sound, right? Like I, I don't I don't imagine it's going to be like from a sound quality perspective. It doesn't like, but from a, like a fashion, not a, like an interior design taste standpoint. Yeah, like I'm I'm not one to judge too much because I don't have any sense of interior design, but. Uh, so we, 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 at least, you know, it's ugly and what's not, and, and I understand taste is subjective, but yes. it's, God. it's the fucking legs. <laughs> could they at least have not made it silver? Like, could they have blended it in? Could they have made it so that it does, it blends in with the rest of the device? And also I need to, I need to combat some, uh, criticism, which will probably be thrown my way. But, but Christian, do you have a home pod? Why, why would you buy a, why, why would anyone get a smart speaker that has a terrible voice assistant? Right. And in my defense, in my defense, the HomePod does sound amazing. And you know what? If the Galaxy Home, which Samsung had like issues demoing on stage, which is hilarious. Like they even had to do a please clap moment, which is beautiful. Um, so besides that, so if, if it comes out, the Galaxy Home sounds like fucking amazing and like just genuinely is a really great sound for whatever price, which once again, no price or ship date Samsung has, uh, has set for it. Then, you know, I will. I will walk back what I said and be like, you know what? It looks ugly, but it sounds great. So audiophiles get it. It's like with the HomePod. It Siri doesn't do as much as Amazon and, and Google. Sure. But it sounds great and it's integrated well into iOS. And that's what I care about. And you know what? I'm willing to take the trade-offs because also too, I don't want to be tracked. It's a bit big speed. We don't... Well, that's the thing. We don't know. Samsung has never really had a strong stance on privacy. Security, they have Knox, which they bought. But... When it comes to privacy, I I imagine Samsung does some kind of info, information sharing with its partners, but I 
I don't know. For some reason, I feel like I can't trust software made at Samsung in terms of like it being it, it leaking out data versus you like, know telemetry. Yeah. Like telemetry I remember or... too. There was a bug a while back where, I, without your permission, just send someone a text message with like five images from your photo gallery. Mm, that. Mm. So I mean, it's like that kind of stuff that makes me not want to trust the speaker in terms of it being like super tight and secure at my data. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's like I yeah, that's the gas. Like this is that's enough Samsung for today. I think that's enough Samsung for the rest of the year. I think uh, hopefully. Uh, Want to talk about leaked iPhone X models? I guess I mean iPhone X uh, twenty nineteen iPhone X whatever they're gonna so. We should just, we should just, let's just breeze through this. We're just going to breeze through this. So MKBHD last year got three models that case manufacturers actually were using to make their own cases for the next year iPhones. Turned out to be the correct models. They were, they were close enough to the real ones. So MKBHD this year got similar dummy units to play around with. And that's why I'm, I'm believing these ones. And so basically what's going to happen for the 2019 iPhones, according to what MKBHD has provided to us is there's going to be an iPhone 10 sequel makes sense. A bigger iPhone 10, you know, iPhone 10 plus XL, whatever you want to call it. And then a mid tier device, which is an LCD screen this year's specs and not last or not, and not the forthcoming phone specs, like the newer ones. And it's 6.2 inches and it's supposed to come in a couple of colors. So instead of Apple keeping the iPhone eight style, which to be fair, they've had for like four or five years now, I'm fine with them getting rid of it. The idea that, the cheaper iPhone is going to be a bigger than the base model, like good iPhone model, have one camera, but also come in different colors and have an LCD screen, but with like first gen face ID. It's such a weird mix of things that I feel like it's going to confuse people more than it is going to make sense. Yeah, that's the, it feels very un Apple like, right? It feels, I mean, I mean, I don't know if it's un Apple like at this stage, but it, it, it is, yes. It's like this mix and match of feature sets. It's going to be like, mm, yeah. I mean, people who want to buy these devices, I don't think it matters for most people. Like, it's still going to be a very good device, I would, I would probably. But, uh, like, that that mix of that tech nerds are going to be extremely bothered by that. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a thing on the blogs. I'm sure we're going to have like 10 ATP episodes about it. It's going to be a nightmare. Uh, but, like yeah, like I, I'm not looking forward to this. The the F word fragmentation. Uh, well, it's it's not gonna be fragmentation though, considering that the screen that the XL and this cheaper iPhone are going to have the same screen size, right? So, like in terms of developer support, there's not much different from supporting it from a like a asset string. But right, it's just it's weird to think about that. The big, it's gonna be a bigger phone, but shittier specs and a cheaper price versus one that has better specs and a better screen, but for a more expensive price. Yeah, like it's that sort of product segmentation is. I mean, uh, Apple has always like sort of done this uh, segmentation thing where they have like the one where the plus models have certain features that the that the smaller models don't, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But yeah, this feels a bit. This whole processor thing is a little bit like an additional step in like the segmentation here, uh, and also too the colors. The the fact that Apple keeps making like colorful devices, the cheap one, annoys the fuck out of me. I get it. Space gray is great. Everyone loves space gray, but why can't I have a blue like MacBook Pro? What what is wrong about that? 
why can't I have my mad black? Why can't I have a mad black phone? Uh, I sound extremely vain right now, but I think mad, mad black is honestly the best, best color uh, that Apple has ever made. Uh, don't at me. Uh, I don't care. Uh, but like, like the jet black thing, like, are they going to do that again? No, I guess not. Probably not. Uh, and also, yeah, remember the iPhone, what was it? 5C? Was that the 5C? That was the ch- Yeah, it was the 5C, the plastic one that came in all those colors. And they didn't do that again because... No one bought them, really? I mean, people bought them, but, like, cheap... Making cheap iPhones, the fact that... So, capitalism is silly. Here's your weekly disclaimer. But people like devices that make them look like they have more money, right? And when you make, like, the cheap ones colorful, then it obviously signals that, hey, you don't have as much money, so therefore you have the shitty iPhone. When it's not actually the case, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we, 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 one of these days we're going to have to talk about using product tech products as for signaling wealth and status, right? That we're going to have to talk about that one day, but not today. Uh, but yes, so that's the Apple. So this is a video on it. And obviously, at this point, it's rumors, uh, leaks. So you know, nothing's going to be hundred percent, etc., etc. Moving on. This, I'm not looking forward to this topic. I'm going to be honest. Uh, Infowars, Christian, if you want to summarize what's going on uh, with Infowars, basically, uh, fuck Alex Jones, fuck Alex Jones, and fuck Alex Jones. Let's make that very <laughs> clear from the beginning here. Say it three times in a mirror, and he'll appear behind you. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> like so InfoWars known known garbage dumpster fire um was removed from a lot of tech platforms this week with some asterisks appended to that because Apple decided to remove InfoWars podcast from the iTunes uh you know directory for podcasts and then Facebook and YouTube also decided to remove InfoWars and Alex Jones, you know, and ban that content. But According to leaks and, you know, rumors from inside the companies and reporters who have been speaking to sources inside those companies, Facebook and YouTube had been coming to those decisions on their own, but Apple doing it just outright, you know, just pushed them, you know, to confirm them that we should go ahead and do this. And that's great. Fuck Alex Jones. Get get him off of all this. He'd fuck him. But also before people come at me, and I don't, I'm, I'm 100% sure I don't have the audience who, who we don't have the audience who does this, but it's not censorship because while I don't think Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Google, Mastodon, or whatever should host his own content, he owns a, like a WordPress blog. He can make his own form. He can make his own Mastodon instance. And I think that's perfectly fine. I think that should be allowed. I think that's, that's as far as my belief in free speech goes that you should be allowed to have your website where you say whatever the fuck you want on it, but it's not anyone's responsibility or they should be, nor should be they be forced to host your content. If you can find a way to host it and put it up online yourself and you're funding it all and you're the people who are into that sick shit are all funding it, then by all means, have the Nazi party all day. But when it comes to Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, all these big services, they should not allow it. Your Mastodon instance, unless it's one ran by Nazis, probably shouldn't allow InfoWars content as well. That's just my opinion on on terms of moderation. Yeah, but nobody can stop InfoWars from having their own instance, right? That's like, that's, but nobody is obligated to federate with said 
Infowars. Uh, it's, it's like I would imagine if it if it actually happens, uh, it's 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 gonna be suspended within the hour by basically everybody. Uh, yeah, don't add me, Mastodon nerds, about Federation block lists. I don't like. I don't care. Really, I don't. Uh, my thoughts on this is essentially that uh, while like Apple be the Apple Podcast directory is if if you if you are aware of podcast if you are into the podcasting world uh you 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 know that uh the apple podcasting directory is not an insignificant player it's it's the most significant player in the mar- in the market of podcast directories right it's 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 a lot of traffic let's just say that uh, it's a lot of traffic for especially for bigger podcasts it's going to be a significant amount of traffic uh and losing that is essentially losing a platform, right? You, you lost a platform. It's it's Apple being like, yeah, we 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 can't we 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 can't allow our directory service to be inclusive inclusive of your content because we don't want it to be there. But at the same time, they did not uh, remove the Infowars app from the iOS App Store, which which they say that. Uh, it doesn't. It, it doesn't violate uh, the App Store's guidelines. Which, I mean, I maybe maybe it doesn't. Maybe technically it doesn't violate any guideline, right? Uh, Since it's but, like it's loading content from a website instead of like the content being bundled with the app itself, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's essentially like a web view, probably. Like I don't know. I don't actually know what the app is or what it, how it works or whatever. It's probably just the web view and Apple's probably just like, yeah, this is probably, it's not violating any of our, you know, clear, like uh, any of the app store guidelines. And like, uh, same thing with Google play, by the way, Google, Google, Google play. They also said that they're going to keep the app up, which I think it comes to a matter of who's hosting the content or like what, what's perceived to be hosting it, right? Like when, when you download an app, you don't think to yourself, this is made by Apple. But when you go to look for a podcast, right? Because it's content rather than like software, we see content as something that should be moderated more versus software. But when, when software in of itself is pushing content that exposes hateful ideas, I feel like that should be regulated just the same as, as hateful content. Like, for example, and this is going to be a maybe a spicy take. I don't think Gab should be in any of the app stores if they ever make a native app or if they have one. I don't know and I don't want to know because that's their whole thing is that like they're super free speech and stuff. And I think that also, too, before Reddit decided to ban some of those subreddits are really gross. And to an extent, they still haven't banned all of them. I think that those are grounds for Reddit to be removed from an app store because... They are there. There's hate content there. That's objective hate content. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, on r slash Android, uh, there was a thread about a particular Reddit app. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name. I think it's uh, it was it was like removed from the Google App Store because it contained hateful content. Which which I mean, it's it's a Reddit app. So how would it have? So it's it, it's it's the, the lines are gray here and. Uh, it's like it's interesting to see how tech companies are reacting, and they are reacting by apparently following Apple. But uh, Twitter, the, the, like this came out, uh, I think a couple of days ago. Uh, Jack Dorsey, the t- 
YouTube, the CEO of Twitter, said they that Alex Jones has not violated the company's rules, which which, which is objectively false. Which is uh like we just need to like so he said more, but I feel like that point needs to be fought very hard because following he and this is the bullshit they come up with. Twitter TOS is a living living document. Like yes, all terms of services are because they change when new th- when like new p- threats and new problems a- appear in front of them, right? Like your code of conduct. Ma- Say for example, everyone started tweeting out burritos, but then the reason they're tweeting they're tweeting out burritos actually is because they're making fun of brown people. So you know what we do? We add to our code of conducts a clause that says, "Hey, these burritos are kind of racist. Stop tooting them because it has become like a racist meme, right? Like, and and that's how Twitter's terms of service should work. And time and time again, Alex Jones, most of the right, Fox News contributors, U.S. elected officials have all been just out just posting." objective hate content and it's not like it's not like them saying oh i think that brown people are degenerates or blah 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 it's like welp some black dude got shot again isn't that great and it's more of like that's not okay to say and once and and yes you can have your own website and say that but hey i don't have to go to your website i don't have to fuck with your website i can block it at a host level i can get you out of my life i don't have to see that shit but piece of how twitter and how they centralized services work it's up to the company to moderate it to to not to, to for them to decide right like what should and shouldn't be okay and they keep time and time again saying that oh if we put this hate content out in the light and have journalists fight it then you know that'd be great and that's gonna like really get rid of the problem because people see facts they'll see facts and facts will make them change their mind and it's like i've been online enough to know that's wrong that's Anyone who's like who was on IRC from like 2000 to 2015 can like tell you that's not really how it works. Anyone's been on like Slashdot, right? If you've been in like if you've been reading like Slashdot or Old Dig or any of these first websites back when like everyone believed that, right? Or even Usenet groups, it just that's not how it works. People reinforce their own beliefs based off information they see that reinforces their beliefs. It's a cycle. You look for things that confirm what you believe because it makes you more comfortable because challenging your own ideas is like an uncomfortable stance. And, and like, I don't mean that in terms of like politics, like in general, right? Like if you like, if you always eat like rice for dinner and then one day, you know, you like try like some vegan patty, you're going to be like, what is this? I don't, and it might be good or maybe bad, but it's not what you're used to, and it makes you uncomfortable just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's this. It's this. There was a. I think there was a article published. I think in the Verge. Uh, I think it was published under a pseudonym, uh, but it was about how we shouldn't be ignoring the trolls because the trolls are winning, right? Uh, and the trolls are not really trolls anymore. Uh, uh, and this this whole stance of what uh, what the article called tech libertarianism, right? It's this whole like libertarian idea of like the market of ideas, right? The the market of ideas will will it's essentially the same idea as like the free market, right? Quote unquote free market. The free market does not regulate itself. That's like no. it's that same kind <sighs> of thinking. Such bullshit. Uh, and libertarianism bullshit is 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 uh, all like Google Plus, uh, man. Uh, 
it's 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 endemic like it's endemic to like silicon valley culture right it's endemic to all these big centralized platforms like facebook and google and uh uh google and like twitter like they still have this idea where like if they're like the whole like the whole thing about the journalists point like yes journalists should be you know journalists are like are exposing the world right are doing journalistic investigative journalism and but like that doesn't mean at the same time that you should just like let that content fester on your platform like i like i i don't see there's like a, some sort of weird false dichotomy here where it's like you, you you need to have the journalist put that shit into the light but at the same time you don't have to host that content like there's no like there's no like it's so dumb like i'm, I'm trying to explain it because it's the idea is so the, the logic behind the idea is like rooted in some sort of is rooted in extreme privilege to be honest it's it's rooted in this privilege that like yeah i mean this this these people are being racist but this is like a white dude who probably doesn't feel threatened by the shit you know uh but on the other hand like a marginalized person is saying this shit it's like that's like that's like life threatening uh that's that's not cool uh so it's like there's so many things that are intersect here it's like matter of privilege there's a matter of uh like curating your platform, matter of like the quote unquote market of ideas, which by the way is like the Nazis have been using that playbook for a long time. Like that was like that's like the OG Nazi playbook. So uh, let's not do that shit. Uh, so that's the Infowars topic. I don't know if you want to mention anything else. Uh, I mean, I just. Just, just fuck you, Jack Dorsey. Let's go with that. Um, <laughs> Square Cash. No one wants to buy Bitcoin with it. Fuck ass. Uh, but, but on a on a serious note, it's the problem with allowing this content isn't that you're hampering free speech or free ideas or whatever, because Twitter is not the internet. The internet itself, as as controversial of a take as I think this is, I don't. I, I think there's many things wrong with how the internet is structured as a platform. But the fact that anyone can upload anything on a server if they so just plug it into a network is one of the best things we have. It it leads to this it leads to these shitty things happening, but it leads to great things happening. And there and when it comes to that core level of just being able to throw things on here if no one's telling you yes or no, there's always that risk of that happening. Sure. But but Twitter itself is abstracted enough on top of it that Twitter is not the internet. Facebook is not the internet. They are, no one controls the internet as much as, I mean, ideally, you have ISPs nowadays who are just like fucking everything up. But in an ideal sense, right, no one controls the internet. So you should be able to put whatever you want on there. But when it comes to Facebook, people sign up for it with the expectation that they're going to keep it clean, right? Like I, I go eat at this restaurant with the expectation that if someone throws up on the floor, someone's going to clean that up. And we're not just gonna have to deal with that grossness on the floor all the time, right? And that, and sure, maybe we're not paying for it directly, but we're still paying for it in our mm-hmm. eyeballs. It's not, it's not like, it's not like, it's not like the local, it's, it's not like the local restaurant is gonna go in like, yeah, we're waiting for like a food journalist to come by and to take a picture of this bit of vomit before we clean it up. Like that's, that's not, it's not how that works, right? Like that's, that's not, that's not how that works. Uh, God, this is so dumb. Like, yeah, like, like that's the thing, right? You were talking about how uh, you don't want to put stuff on YouTube because you can't control the platform, right? You can't control, like, YouTube is, you have to abide by YouTube's ridiculous 
uh, like rules and guidelines. While the podcast network, as it stands right now, is entirely controlled by you, and you can you can manage it where you host it, uh, who you host it with, uh, how much you want to pay for it, uh, what content you want to put on it, and what content is acceptable. Like you control all of that. Yeah, exactly. Like if WP Engine comes in here and tells me to fuck off because I think my stuff's too leftist, I'd a would probably have a very angry response to them. But I'm not. But I'm. Not, I'd make a little bit of a shit show, right? But then I'd leave. I'd be like, okay, I get, you don't want me here? Fine. Like, okay, I, I could host it somewhere else and we'll be good. I have a Raspberry Pi in the corner of this room. I, would, I mean, I, I can will host it, it off of there, right? I, I can host it. It's, it's just WordPress, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just WordPress. It's, and like the CDN's on S3. And if Amazon tells me no, I don't know, go to Azure, I'll go somewhere else. I can make my own like sort of bucket, right, for storage. We yeah, can just we put it on a server. It doesn't need to be a CDN, right? It just, you can just put it on a web server. They're just files. And I think that's fine. I, I think the same sort of decentralized things that benefits mar- marginalized creators would also benefit Nazis. And that's a trade-off I'm willing to live with. But when it comes to allowing those things to be in your face all the time and forcing them in people's faces, that's mm. not what I fuck with. No, no. Yeah, that's that's the topic. Uh Moving on to slightly more pleasant things. Oh yeah, we're uh, going. So we're going to go from from Nazis. <laughs> now we're talking about PUBG, and we have not much to say about PUBG except for the fact that um, this new Fortnite season has been pretty dope. But also, too, Player Unknown has announced that they're launching a fixed PUBG campaign because the shit don't work. Yep, uh, they have a really fancy web fancy website. It, it really is quite a fancy website, by the way. Fix.pubg.com. Uh, it has this like roadmap, right? It has like client performance, server performance, anti-cheat, matchmaking, bug fix, and quality of life. And they have like a log of stuff that they're working on. Uh, I mean, this is good, right? This is this is good. This is a good thing. Uh, I, how much of it is PR and how much it's gonna be actually good for the game? We'll see over time. But this, at least, well, here's the thing, right? It's like when it comes to PUBG, they have to get their shit together before Black Ops Four launches, because Fortnite, Fortnite will forever keep its spot. I don't think Fortnite is going to be knocked down, but there is a space for a more realistic battle royale game. We've talked about it before, right? Like Fortnite is cartoonish and that's great for some things, but other times, right? Like shooters that are realistic have served their purpose. While I think there's some tropes in them, right? Of like angry man being angry at other angry men, like a realistic military shooter, that sort of fantasy, that sort of like sci-fi fantasy, that sort of like World War II fantasy. There's a place for it. Like military drama on its own has it's good fiction there's good like military stories that have been told and can be told but player unknown's battleground is not that game and battle ba- uh, black ops i mean yeah battle ops <laughs> actually fuck i would call, I'll call it battle ops <laughs> black ops 4 right that as far as i've seen from the beta that's out now right there's a p- private beta if you pre-order the game it's 4k 60 on the xbox one x like 4k 4k 60 on the xbox one x 60 1080 on other consoles i think the ps4 pro in theory should be 4k but it's there's some hitches right now i've seen from the beta but still assuming that it gets that and plus it's looking to have a really great pc port if they can just make that the battle royale game everyone plays and if it's battle royale 60 frames per second and realistic why i'm not, I'm not gonna play PUBG. i will i will pick up a call of duty game why why would you play PUBG? like like why why would you play PUBG? Like there's like I mean, granted, not P- much. PUBG has loot boxes now too. PUBG has uh, like that paid battle pass that they took mm, down. Remember, mm, <laughs> like it's not like PUBG isn't playing around with these shitty monetization strategies that uh you know Call of Duty is at right now. So there's it's not like 
the business model is that much better for PUBG. And if the game's better, then I'm I'm going to just you know fuck with battle op- ba- ba- battle ops. Yes, that's what I'm calling it now. <laughs> I can't. I don't know why I keep saying it, but I'm gonna call it battle ops. <sighs> but let's hope let's hope PUBG gets better because I do want PUBG to get better. This is I'm like I'm like we do. Say, I mean, we're saying PUBG is shit, but at the same time, it's an independent uh, company. I mean, as independent as like a South Korean VC backed company can be, but. It's still right. It's not Activision Blizzard. I I still want it to get better. I still want it to get better for people who do enjoy PUBG, who do play it. And maybe they don't want to play Fortnite or they don't want to play Call of Duty, uh, Battle Royale. Uh, for those people, I think it needs to get better. Like it needs to get a bit better for the people who enjoy do enjoy playing it. Right. That's that's the thing. And it, it, it's it's a good thing for the like Battle Royale genre. In general, if PUBG gets better, right? Like it's 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 not a, it's it's actually a very good thing. There's more competition. There's there's a better game. Uh, it's it's good for everybody. Uh, and and I mean, at this point, if you have a game on the One X or the PS4 Pro and it can't even hit 30 frames per second, like you fucked up. That's just that's that's like I I agree with everything you're saying, but God, I just can't believe that on that hardware it can't hit at least 30. Hmm. Yeah, uh, it says like improving client performance. Like the average FPS for players has seen improvements since quarter one, twenty eighteen, yielding an average sixty frames per second on minimum system requirements and eighty frames per second on recommended systems. Uh, the problem is that FPS would intermittently drop uh, below sixty frames per second about every ten seconds on average, which significantly like that's hitching. That's what's called uh, hitching. Uh, so they're they're working on like increasing the average frame rate, right? Mm-hmm. I would imagine this is for the PC version. There's some uh, but, Xbox things in there specifically yeah, too, but uh, I would imagine anything that they do for the client performance on the PC version is gonna like you know, trickle out to consoles. Like any optimizations there would probably affect the consoles version as well. Uh, level streaming optimizations, so like you know texture loading, uh, texture registration, physics creation, stuff like that. Uh, if, like all lots of stuff. Like you can go read the page on it. It's, it's a very nice looking page. Uh, uh, so let's hope PUBG gets better because I mean, uh, why would why would you wish it didn't get better? That that doesn't make sense. It's like what people were talking about No Man's Sky, and I know we're not going to talk about No Man's Sky next. We're not going to talk about it, but but it's like people bought the game. And yes, okay, maybe they're just now working on fixing the game. And I have thoughts about that, right? But that's when it's a slow week and we have time to talk about Destiny 2 Forsaken and, and No Man's Sky and all of that, right? When we have time to go in depth on those, that's when we'll have this conversation more and like, like really have it. But my, I always feel like that if you're going to fix something after launch, like still fix it and don't do like a, uh, what was that one game that then went free to play and then just like completely went off the market? It wasn't Lawbreakers Evolve, was it? That instead of like fixing it, they just made it free to play and then just stopped caring about it. I think it was Evolve. I, I don't think it was Evolve. Evolve, like. No, Evolve had some big change revamps. Maybe Lawbreakers. Yes. Oh, yes, Lawbreakers. Uh, I mean, the game wasn't bad on launch. Like, it, it, it wasn't broken or anything. Like, it, it just did. Like, it was just. Like there was, I think the there's a Jim Sterling video on it. Uh, Lawbreakers just came out at the time when it, the market was already taken over by Overwatch, and you just cannot like Lawbreakers just could not compete with Overwatch. Like that's just like madness. Like it can't. It, 
just like there wasn't the numbers like people weren't interested in it it was in a saturated market where hero shooters were already being dominated by overwatch because overwatch had like was still in like the honeymoon period and like nobody's going to be playing lawbreakers like nobody even knows what it is like the it's just it was just like the, the whole like bosky just like did this thing where they make they followed, they didn't lead, right? Like, that's the whole Jim Sterling thing. The market leaders lead, they don't follow. Uh, and, like, Lawbreakers was, like, a follower in in a, in a saturated market. Uh, so, Lawbreakers' reason for failing was it wasn't because it was a broken game. It was just because it was... It, it's, 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 it's sad because it's, it's, it's because nobody cared uh, to play it. That's that's a sad story about Lawbreakers. Actually, it's, it's actually a sad story because I think Lawbreakers had a lot of good ideas. Uh, it had a lot of good concepts, uh, like a lot of interesting like aspects of design that were like a part of other hero shooters. Uh, it had some interesting game modes that were really fun, interesting character designs, like interesting map design. Like it had good stuff. And, like it, there was obviously a lot of like I don't think it was just like uh, like a half-assed hero shooter but at the same time like nobody cared uh which is actually extremely sad uh th- let's move on to a, a bit of a happier topic because i feel like we have we have some uh we, we've been talking about some depressing topics uh emoji emojos emoji emojo emojo emotion e- the best album by carly ray <laughs> the best pop album this fucking decade is this what that is uh Wait, actually, how do you pronounce emotion? Because I know, right? There's like dots and stuff. Is it is it is it emotion? Like that? Is that how you're supposed to do it? I mean, I don't think there's any like syllable mm. thing. It's just I think it's just called emotion. I like I, I actually don't know. I like I'm supposed I suppose I'm supposed to know because I'm like the biggest. Uh, you and Slime Tom. You and Slime Tom. Yeah, me and Slime Tom. We're like the Carly Rae Jepsen stands stands on on Masto. Uh, it's it's good shit. Go listen to it. Uh, it's a very good album. Uh, but we have some, the, the, there's, there's a blog post on the Unicode blog, blog, which is on blogger. That's a throwback. And it's an old blogger theme too. It's not like some newfangled JavaScript bullshit. It's the old ass narrow column blogger theme, which is, which is, this is a throwback uh, to when I started blogging. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah, same. Like I remember, uh, putting my first blog up on on Blogger, right? Uh, I think that was the first first blog platform I actually used uh, back in the day. That was a long time ago. Blogger was some cool ass shit. Uh, uh, so emoji draft candidates for 2019. Uh, so these are there are 179 proposed uh, emoji draft candidates, 61 characters plus uh, variants. Uh, so there is uh there's a list here, there's like a candidate emoji for a deaf person. Uh they changed the service service animal vest to a safety vest and added a candidate emoji using it called uh, service dog. Uh they also added candidate emoji sequences for a couple for a couple holding hands with fifty-five combinations of skin tone and gender. So I I want to talk about that one specifically. So because I, I put the link in here because I think that solves a great discourse of, oh, I won't use the white people emoji. I have red hair or I have black hair. It's not me. Therefore, I can't <laughs> use the one that matches my skin tone. And it's like, no, no, fuck all that noise. Don't at me. Please don't at me. <laughs> fuck that noise. But for people who are on about that noise, like, here's, this is a fix for it. 
because this mm-hmm. one is only with people holding hands. But I imagine the the theory, at least I'm hoping, is that they'll expand it out to be like, okay, we'll have like a red blob emoji, then we'll put a person, and then we'll just have the hair there, right? And then you can pick the skin color as well. Because the, the argument for that discourse right has always been that that emoji doesn't represent me, so I'm going to use yellow ones because it feels weird to use white people one because it doesn't look like exactly like me. And that's what, and they're like, oh, so that's why colored emojis are bad. When it's like for me and you. Yo, I take any representation wherever I can get oh, it. Man. I take that yeah. shit when I get Come it. On. Like, I mean, I ain't got nothing. Let me take that emoji. Like, don't don't be like colored emojis are bad. Like, damn, bro, wh- wh- where do I see people who look like me? Nowhere. So if I could get an emoji that looks like me, I'm gonna fucking roll with it. Like, okay, the eye colors ain't right, bro. I'm down with that. Like, that's at least how I I see it. Yeah, it's not like the. Ex- I mean, it's not like the exact shade of brown I am, like or whatever. Like, that's not like the big point, right? That's not like the. Like the thing, right? That's not that's not what that is. Uh, there's also like some provisional uh, ones, like eight of them. There's like ninja, uh, military helmet, uh, mammoth, which is going to be good. The mammoth one is going to be good, I think. Uh, because then Mastodon Ray is probably going to like customize that one to be the Mastodon logo. Mm, Wait, is Mastodon? Uh, is that a mammoth? No, it's it's a mastodon. The animal is is an extinct. Oh, I thought I thought a mastodon was a mammoth. It was like a kind of a mammoth. Oh wow! It's like a big elf. It's like a prehistoric elf. Uh, elf oh, and it's not ah. a mammoth. Okay, okay. I, I'm being serious here. I genuinely didn't know that. <laughs> Today I learned. I learned about prehistoric animals in Two Shades of Brown. Uh, so there's also dodo, which is also an extinct prehistoric animal. Uh, magic wand. Uh, oh, they got uh, that uh, one's going to be used as the splash emoji a lot. I'm sorry. Oh, it's, it's, it's for sure it's going to be used. Uh, carpentry saw, uh, screwdriver. Uh, so we got we got the emojis. We got the provisional candidates. Uh, there's also apparently you can adopt adopt characters. Like I guess it's some like some sort of donation thing. Like you can adopt a character for a donation, right? Like, that's that's cool. You can like a sponsor. Uh, Emojo, which is just cool. Uh, so go read that blog post on the extremely old school Unicode blog. Uh, Blog.unicode.org. We're going to link to it. Uh, last topic. This is all Christian because I don't know shit about this topic. Uh, the Magic Leap one. So Christian, go ahead. Okay. So Magic Leap is a startup that which is out of Florida, surprisingly, you know, startups in Florida, that's a weird thing that usually doesn't happen. But what Magic Leap is aiming to do is make a better HoloLens. And the problem with Magic Leap has been they've been putting out constant videos for years, been getting VC funding, have been so secretive, and they've been making claims like, like, this is such a great new revolutionary thing, right? And they have like, a whole bunch of people working for them. They're trying to make like content platforms and getting like partnerships with Disney and other places. But the Magic Leap won. The products that's shipping, the $2,000, $2,300 products that's shipping is a HoloLens with a slightly better field of view and a computer that's connect that you like hook up to your like pocket as you clip it onto your pocket and you have a cable running from the headset to that computer for processing. And it's not a disappointment in terms of technology because I think it looks cool. I think it's er- it looks ergonomic. It looks great. I think the concept is cool. The problem is Microsoft did this three years ago with like, just a, smite, a slightly more shitty field of view. And the next HoloLens is coming out sometime this year or early next year, according to, you know, the rumors that I've been seeing. So, and of course, you know, they, that could always change because they did, they did skip last year to have a bigger and better version this year. And I, I think that AR glasses are cool. 
I don't know if they're the future of computing. I think that they are definitely a cool side step. I think what Microsoft's been doing, especially in mixed reality, you know, we talked about before the cheap mixed reality headsets that gets you 80% of the way there for the magic leap for about, so let's see if it's 2,300 and a mixed reality headset, you can get them for like 200 at the Microsoft store, one tenth of the price. You get like basically just about the same experience, like a tenth of the price. And sure, you might not be able to see your whole room, but you still get to see the holograms and all that stuff and interact with the 3D objects to get a VR experience. And I, I like, once again, I think it's cool. I think it's awesome what they're doing. I just can't, I just don't, I, I just don't see this actually competing. And as much when I want it to, because once again, right, like I don't want Microsoft to own like every platform. I don't want Apple to own every platform. It's the same thing like PUBG, right? Like they're a smaller company doing their own thing. And I want to see them succeed because this sort of consolidation of all of this into different like companies and products is gross. But what magically is offering is like way too expensive for what it is. The tech isn't, it's amazing, right? But it's not leaps and bounds better than what a HoloLens has to offer. And they're still being like a little secretive about everything else they're doing about their content strategy, about the software. They're just showing out the physical device. And I don't, I don't know if that's going to work well for them. And I don't see, I don't know if Magic Leap is really going to take off because Microsoft could just be like, okay, sure. Magic Leap's here. Fuck it. Take a hit on the HoloLens. It's on for 500 or like $400, right? Just to get market share. Yeah, I mean, it's it, 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 like that price and the, like the whole thing. It feels extremely like a first gen device. That's not for the, that's for, not for the general public, but for it's a developer kit. And I mean, sure, it is a developer kit, but like Hololens is also a developer kit. But like three years ago, Hololens came out, and this is coming out now, and there's only a little bit of a jump between them. It's not that big of a of a like a distance between these two devices. Yep. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. And yeah, so there's there's way more Hololens devices than these, right? And all, they're also cheaper. Uh, probably generally work better, right? They're probably at this point more mature than this. Uh, like I haven't tried any mixed reality devices, so I, like uh, I won't comment on how well they work or uh, what they're different. Like how how it is as a technology, but like, I, like this stuff is cool, but like it needs to get cheaper before I like even consider buying even a Hololens device. Like I like I would buy a Hololens device if it was like if it's decent. Like it's it's getting there. It's 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 like getting to the point where I would probably get one. Well, I mean, I think I think Microsoft's goal, right, is because they artificially priced the Hololens the first one just to be only for developers. Like they didn't make that cheap because they didn't want regular people buying it. Being like, yeah, what right, the fuck right. Do that's I do that's, with that's this? a dev. That's a dev kit. Yes, uh, that's a dev developer thing. Uh, and this is also feels like a developer thing, but also feels like a product that they want to release uh it feels like google class because right? like they when you when you buy a product right you can only buy them in certain cities and they'll have someone come out to you and, and set it up for you they'll have someone like adjust it for you and help you set it up like a real human come out for purchase of this device which is interesting and strange at the same time and that means i can't get it in my ear even though i probably never spend this much on it but i'm excited for ar vr i think it has potential but i don't see what magic leap's doing that's all that much different which is sad because they like totally just got upstaged by microsoft yeah yeah they're probably just too late right at this point uh so that's that's the we're gonna have a like there's a whole feature piece on it uh on the verge recommend go read that go take take a look at that if you want to if you want to learn more about this uh so that's our wow we've been going at one and a half hour this has been the longest episode for a long time uh, so we're gonna 
sign off quickly here. I'm, you can find me, as always, on Mastodon at scottysavingmastodon.zomacloud.com. Uh, do add me about if you used uh, Android Honeycomb uh, or you use, like, if you used a Dex product, uh, stuff like that. Do contact us, contact at twoshadesofbrown.com. The email is on the sidebar. Christian, where can people find you on the internet? I am at chosefine at tenforward.social. Don't at me about emojis because I don't care about that discourse. But um, yes, please at me about you know Android tablets. And if you too believe in the f- future where you know a phone could be your only device, because there's some of us out there. I I still have hope, even though you know I've only been tempted by Microsoft shitty implementations. But I have hope. So please at me about that. And uh, until next week, bye. Bye.